0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Wedding Videography for Beginners. I am your host, Phil B. About. Brittany is not here with me today. Uh, sadly, she had a hair appointment, so I'm kind of bummed because we are talking with Adam Gilbert of Adam Gilbert Films. Uh, Adam has been featured in Martha Stewart Weddings, Vogue, Style Me Pretty, you know, those tiny publications. Uh, so we we actually met at Engage in NOLA uh, over what was called the Dine Around and uh, well, hashtag because of Engage. So I am uh, super stoked to have, you know, Adam on today. Uh, Adam, my friend, how are you doing? I'm wonderful. I'm very
1: happy to be here and to uh, to continue our because of Engage relationship. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day here in, in North Carolina and Couldn't be
0: happier. I see. Yeah. And just for the listeners, um, when we were at Engage, like that, that is the hashtags that kind of became the joke, like hashtag because of Engage. Like, so that's, there's a, there's a rhyme to that madness. So, (laughs) so people don't think that we're just throwing out random hashtags and being like, Hey everybody. Um, But yeah. So Adam, I am, I'm really excited to have you on. I, uh, I'm a big fan of your work. So Let's why don't why don't you start at the beginning? Let's let's hear your origin story. Sure. Um
1: I I guess uh th- the beginning is uh I went to school for film studies at uh UNC Wilmington here in North Carolina. That was I graduated in 2007. So I'm I'm dating myself a little bit there, but um after that I moved to New York and and did mainly commercial work kind of like I wasn't good at anything. I was just like cutting my teeth and and trying to shoot as much as possible. And uh, unfortunately, my I had kind of a family emergency. My dad uh, had cancer and I came back to Wilmington um, because of that. And I was uh, I was going to move to L.A. afterwards. And um, funny, funny enough, uh, my dad owned a kind of a redneck like midtown bar and I was bartending nice. there, um, just to, uh, to apologize to any rednecks out there, but, um, <laughs> I can be a redneck myself from time to time. Uh, but anyway, I, w- I was bartending there kind of as a pit stop between New York and LA, just trying to save some extra money and, um, just doing like some video production here and there. And this regular that, uh, would come into the bar, knew I did video production. And he actually worked for a video company. One of those companies that does like DJ video lighting mm-hmm. venue, like kind of all in one shop. Um, he was like, have you ever thought about doing weddings? We need some, some extra shooters because we're doing like 75 or something this year. And uh, I was like, sure, why not? It's extra money. I'll, I'll, I'll give that a shot. Um, how bad could it be? And, somehow it stuck. And, uh, you know, that was, I think 2008 or 2009 and I've been doing it, uh, since then.
0: Nice. I love how people are like, Oh, I'm dating myself. I graduated college in 2007. And I think to myself like, damn, I'd been out of the military for years <laughs> by the time you had graduated college. Like I was about to graduate college and I'd already been in the military before then. So yeah. I, well, <laughs> so, <all relevant. laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm getting old. going to be an old fuddy duddy. But, um, so you, you created, I'm assuming mind you that you created blueberry creative around that time with Austin.
1: Um, kind of, sort of. So I worked for that company, um, for like two and a half years. And that's where I really like, I shot probably a hundred weddings plus with them And I ended up running their whole like video department. So I was in charge of hiring people, training them, editing, you know, the whole like selling. I I was doing everything. Um, And that's how I met Austin. And uh, we they uh, they owned a venue with a photographer and he was a photographer for that person. So we ended up working together a lot and just became really good friends Um, and then in 2011, that's when we decided to, uh, to kind of strike out on our own. And we started a company called blueberry fusion, um, which was, it sounds like an ice cream store, but, um, people were like, what is that? I was like, Oh, it's it's wedding videography. Don't you know, (laughs) um, wasn't it obvious? Um, so we did photo and video and we, we started in 2011 and then in 2013, we rebranded to blueberry creative nice so that's kind of And then you
0: guys it. you you went for about 11 years
1: Yeah yeah so um, just this past year we kind of pulled the plug on it which was sad because um we you know we had a we had a great business um we were we were best friends and it was super fun to to run that with him and kind of grow up in the business as well but Um, he had actually, he moved to Charlotte, I think in 2016, and then he and his wife moved to Ohio in 2019. So we were, we were finding creative ways to make it work, um, in the business, which was like a whole other story about like how we had to maneuver around that stuff. But, um, they, they just recently had their first child, um, this spring and it was kind of like, you know, the the timing was right to, to call it a day. And I really, you know, I feel really fortunate to have had it in the way that it, that it has because we were able to do it on our own terms. You know, there wasn't some crazy falling out, you know, it wasn't messy. It was all agreeable. Um, but it's, it's been a process to, uh, to you know to, to break everything apart to, oh my gosh you know. it's it's i mean we've it been sounds, working on it since september and we're still kind of like you know there's still things that we need to to get finalized it's it's a lot it's been a lot but
0: yeah i mean even amicable it still sounds like a uh, just a logistical nightmare to kind of so
1: yeah yeah um i can't imagine what it would have been like if it was like you know, um, on other terms. And we were mad at each other. Like I can't, it was
0: attorneys. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's a, that's a little tip for anyone thinking about going into business with someone else. Like there's, you're basically marrying that person. Um, and if you want to do something else, it takes some doing.
0: I, I had a friend of mine, this is completely unrelated to weddings. Um, I had a friend of mine that him and his wife sat down one day. They had, they had a couple of kids And they were like, look, we just don't, we don't love each other anymore. Like it was very amicable. Like, you know, it was, let's, we'll split savings account down the middle. We'll, um, uh, sell the house, split the profits down the middle. And he owned his own small business. So he had like a couple of little things with that small business. And he was like, the only thing that I ask is that I get to keep the business that he had before they even met. And she was like, yeah, no problem. Well, um. somebody convinced, and this is nothing against her by any means. She was just listening to a friend who convinced her to get a lawyer. And as soon as she got a lawyer, everything just went to hell. And, you know, we were talking about it and he was like, by the time I got done paying the lawyer fees for both of us, because in California, you got to pay the, the mail party has to pay for both. And he was just like, by the time everything was all said and done, he's like, there was no money in the savings to split. I had to use all the proceeds from the house after we sold it to pay off the attorneys. He's like, literally, we both got nothing. And he's like, the only thing I got was to keep my business. And he was just talking about like, he was like, it's, he's like, it's such a racket. Would you bring in an attorney? He's like, everything just went to hell in a handbasket at that point. And that's the first thing I thought of when you were like, Oh, at least it's amicable because if it wasn't like you guys, your business would have probably just been obliterated. So
1: there's not, I mean, we just had to divide, we had to divide up the gear. We had, um, you know, we had 2022 pretty much filled. So we, that was kind of the trickiest thing is like, we divided the weddings and then we had to reach out to the couples and like, hey, this is what's going on. You know, Austin's going to be your, your point of contact from now on, or I am. And thankfully, nobody's cared about that at all. Um, but that was, that was kind of the trickiest part was like, how do you divide a year's worth of work that's like upcoming that you booked, you know, under this yeah. name?
0: Yeah, actually, I didn't think about that like that. We should just do a podcast on that. Good Lord. And the, and uh, the,
1: um, the portfolio. So that's been interesting. We like, oh, yeah. We're like, okay, here's like 30 films that we would want to feature. And then we had to kind of fight over <laughs> who took, uh, you know, I want this one. No, I want this one. And, um, you know, it was all fine. But that was kind of a, an interesting conversation as well. Um,
0: yeah. So he's got so a bunch what? of
1: great portfolio and so do I. And it's fine. You know?
0: Yeah, no, I have, I have your website up in front of me right now. I cheat. I have all this stuff in front of me so I can can like look around and do stuff Or, um, but so what, what got you into the luxury market?
1: Oh gosh, it was slow and steady. Honestly, like, um, I would say we were pretty tenacious back in the day. When we started, we would do like, I mean, we were doing like 60, 70 projects a year. Some of them weren't paid, but we were like, we would take opportunities and we're just kind of like, Let's get our name out of here, out, out, you know, out there. Let's hit the streets Um, and just kind of planting a million seeds over years and being consistent. And then finally, like I was trying to think about this yesterday, um, like that that question and uh, not to give away that you sent me some questions uh, beforehand. But um, I think kind of the watershed moment to me was in 2015. Uh, that was the first time we worked with Easton events. And that to me was like, you know, that was a big turning point in, in our career. Um, just like the level of, of event jumped up. And then from there, like once you have that portfolio and that network, it kind of continues to build on itself. But it's really been like, there was definitely no magic wand or, you know, it it, it took, it took four years before that kind of broke through and we'd been doing like good events before that, but you know, there's, there's levels to it. And that was when I feel like it, it kind of happened for us. And I'm and still like, there's so many more levels to go. Like we're, we're not at the top of the market and uh, you know, which is inspiring. It's like, I love that about the wedding industry. There seems to be no ceiling to it. You know, you can keep getting better and keep working on your brand and your networking. Yeah. And just, you know, obviously the, the um, you know, your your rates can climb to, you know, I hear figures. I'm just like, what? I didn't, <laughs> you know, and we've done, you know, I consider ourselves successful and, and have had success. And I'm just like, man, there's just, we're only a third of the way there. <laughs> you know, we yeah. can, we can keep going. Um, but
0: yeah, on that note, just out of, out of curiosity, what's your uh, starting price for a wedding?
1: Well, that's an interesting thing. Um, we started, like, I don't know if this is, uh, common or what, but we, we have a few different pricing pages now because we don't
0: hmm. I do the uh, same thing. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, <laughs> like, maybe I'm crazy. a lot of people
0: ask me like, how do you have different prices? Like I have to have different prices, like, depending on how they're, depending on how that funnel is coming in, they're getting a different price. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Like, that's just... Like, honestly, let me pull it up. Because
1: pricing is something, like, I feel like people talk about, and it's always, like...
0: What's subjective? subjective. It's very subjective.
1: Well, it just changes. Like, people are like, well, I've got... I set my pricing. I'm like, I've never been able to set our pricing. It's always... Kind of like every time I go to engage, it changes. I can tell you that, you know? Yeah.
0: Well, so it's, it, well, while you're pulling that up, I'll tell you, what we, we did, we did a podcast a few weeks ago about, uh, so my, my back, I have a lot of background in business. So my background isn't in the arts whatsoever. Like I have a, I did my graduate work in business continuity and risk management and that kind of stuff. And you know, that ERM scrum stuff. And, um, but we were testing the market out here. So in New England, like we were testing, we were just doing all kinds of different stuff. I was AB testing all kinds of things. I did a podcast episode on it and in it, I was very honest. And I was like, look, we lowered our price at the end of it because we, we hit the cap. Like we, I started to notice like what was going on with bookings and hell, even inquiries. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, we, we hit the cap. So it's, Like our our prices have been in a constant state of flux since we've started. You know, whether it was different structures of, you know, our when when we had packages to when we went down to like a base package with just add-ons and we went back to collections, like we we've done all kinds of different things over the course like the last three years. Like I've been just bouncing around. Like if you went through it's mind numbing when you're going through and looking at some of the uh uh like we use Honeybook, I don't know if you I'm sure you use a CRM but we we just happen to use Honeybook and when you're like pulling up the different brochures of proposals they're all different like you could you look at three couples that were shooting this year and everybody's got a different layout and it's just like one of these days we'll figure it out but we we haven't yet so yeah.
1: I mean, I think, I think that's, that's kind of healthy. Like you've got to, you've got to try different things and, and what may work for one company doesn't always work for another company. And you just got yeah. to find, you know, what, what's your sweet spot and what makes sense for you. But you know, our pricing is always changing. I did, I did track it down. I'll give you our most expensive page that we send out starts at twelve five. So So okay. um, that's like, you know full full destination or um
0: does that include travel
1: it does include travel um and there's been a couple cases uh we booked a wedding um in jackson hole wyoming for this september and i was pumped on that and it was solid price points um with the packages but then i was going to and i was like you know travels included And then I go start (laughs) to book (laughs) that travel to Jackson hole. I'm like, Oh my God, this is the most expensive (laughs) place in the country outside of Martha's vineyard is like that too. And that's a lot.
0: Yellowstone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I reached back out to the couple and it it was um, a family. We'd worked together um, on on a wedding before. So I felt more comfortable kind of broaching this with them. I was like, you know, you weren't kidding. This place is pretty expensive. Do you mind adding seven? I said $750 to the total just to kind of like, just you know, this is what we pay
0: for the Airbnb. Yeah.
1: Just like, <laughs> man. Um, but yeah, typically all of our pricing includes travel. Um, just, I, I always felt like that was a pain point for our couples. Like, okay, well, this is the package. Then we've got a book Travel Oh, and oh like, wait,
0: here's like, an extra 1500. Yeah. To go. yeah no, we, so ours is the same way. So if we, if I know that when an inquiry comes in or a planner comes in and they're like, Hey, um, uh, the only time we changed it was, uh, we charge, we charge pretty much out of state travel to go to Martha's vineyard. Just so, yeah, because it, it, it is literally like going to another state, like you, between the ferry and br- like bringing your car, like all, it's just, it's a pain in the ass, pain in the ass to go anywhere on the islands out here. But uh, <clears throat> we, we had a, a couple, their planner booked us for the vineyard for September of this year. And then they, they abandoned all of that and changed it to New York City. So I was like, we're, we're going to have to change, you know, cause one, uh, we already had our Airbnb booked. We had the ferry booked. Like we, like everything was and cause you know, you're it's, it's, it's a destination. Like it's not something you can't just go buy a ferry ticket right now to go to the vineyard. Like that's not, you gotta do that in advance. And, uh, so we talked to him and we're like, Hey, I think we added, added like 1500 bucks cause we had to recuperate the lost stuff and you know, like it was, but they were, you know, a hundred percent understanding with it. And, uh, so we'll, we'll be out in Brooklyn and, uh, uh, Labor Day weekend. As a matter of fact, we'll be, we'll be in New York for Liberty weekend. Go so.
1: Brooklyn. That's where I lived in New York. I love Brooklyn. It's, it's fun. Nice. Fun vibe.
0: Yeah. I can't think of the venue was like a, like a posh, like restaurant. It's, I was going to, so out here in downtown Boston, we have the Newbury, which is uh completely renovated, very nice hotel. Uh, and they have the Contessa on the roof. So it's like the same equivalent. It's like getting married at the Newbury and going up to the Contessa and, you know, it's on like floor 33 overlooking all the downtown. New York is a different animal
1: when it comes to events. Yeah. yeah. They've got.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm actually not looking forward to lugging all my equipment around <laughs>
1: yeah that's i have vivid memories of like i worked for this company called city search and they would hire me to go out for like like go to this restaurant or go to this barber shop and you'd make like these 30 second or minute long videos but i would have all my gear on the subway and i felt like a crazy person i also felt like a target you know it's like you've got all this stuff with you um, it's kind of a nightmare, but
0: did you, do you see that video of the photographers in San Francisco? No. So imagine there's, there's car stoplight, you're in the car behind them and you just happen to have a dash cam, right? Vehicle number three pulls up next to the car in front of you. They jump out, smash out the back windshield, jacked their bags out of the back, out of the back of the car, hopped in that of the car and then beat feet. And you see the photographer get out and they're like looking around like, what the fuck just happened? That's terrifying. But apparently they were, um, they did, they just did an engagement shoot and whoever it was, was watching them do the engagement shoot with all their equipment and then just followed them until they were stuck in traffic. And that's the only reason why I'm glad I have my, we're completely off. I told you, I told you, Adam, (laughs) we were going to talk about random shit. Uh, (laughs) Um, I, I got my windows tinted. So I have a Subaru Forester because, you know, we're balling. Subaru, uh, <laughs> too. We've <got> a cross <laughs> we have an Ascent. We, we have an Ascent and a Forester. Those are our – the Ascents, the family car, the Forester. I like the one.
1: Ascents. Those are really I cool. Yeah.
0: I love it. I love it. So we used to have a Tesla. and Back when I worked in nuclear, I made nuclear money. <laughs> I don't make nuclear money anymore. So we'll point that out. Uh, yeah, no, when I left nuclear and seen how much I was paying for that thing, because I wasn't employed at that point, I was like, this thing's got to go. <laughs> but <laughs> um, we got our windows tinted. And one thing that you don't think about when you're getting your windows tinted is that plastic filament that goes over it. It's it's much harder to break out that windshield because that plastic is holding it together. In fact, that's the basis of... Uh, we have this cool stuff in the military. That's a film. It's a clear film that you put on the inside of your windshield and it makes it bullet resistant because it holds the glass together. When the bullet hits it, it doesn't let the glass splinter apart. And then, you know, the projectiles come in. So it's the same exact concept with tint. You're just not dealing with a bullet. You're dealing with like a blunt object, but it's the same, same principle. It's holding the glass together as you're trying to,
1: that's a hot tip Breach for it. yeah for videographers and photographers like gotta tent the window so you don't get jacked yeah. after you shoot yeah god i can't imagine I've, that's i've had that feeling before like what if somebody could be watching us at a wedding or get even a guest like you know that's a lot of gear and we're an easy yeah. target um Anyway, yeah, that, that would be, I know we should
0: probably get, let, let me get, let me get this back on track onto the point of the podcast today. No, that's all my fault. I'm the one that's in charge of this. Like that's, this is why, this is why I love podcasting. Um, so I wanted to talk to you today about managing a creative profitable business. So let's, let's talk about just, just creating that business in general. Just if you have just a couple of tips for people that are say, just starting out like what what do you what would you recommend for them to get their that creative business kind of off the ground and just and maybe not a sprint but like a nice jog
1: yeah um gosh i think when you're first starting out and you you're obviously your goal is to be profitable you have to get the work first and you've got to get the skills so um if if you can if you're in a place where you can just shoot like go out and shoot you're going to network you're going to hone your skills you're going to get better um and you're going to be planning all of these seeds um so just fill up your calendar as much as you can um which is not what i do now but i think it, it really helped us in the beginning like we were just meeting so many new people you know each project was getting better than the last we were learning um you know, and, and, and our creative cup was full, you know, we were into it, we were passionate. And I would say like, just devour there's, there's so many, um, education sources out there that there weren't there, you know, in 2010, 2011. I mean, this podcast, um, is one of them, but there's so many opportunities to kind of learn and grow. And if you can just, um, kind of hit the ground running and, and really get after it. I think that that will serve you and then you can fill up your calendar and then you can like, kind of, you know, start bringing it back. And we can talk more about, you know, that work life balance because I feel like that's when that comes into play. Like there is a moment where you're like, this is too much. I feel confident in where I met. I really need to dial in the mechanics of my business, the pricing, you know, get kind of more, uh, targeted about what you're doing. But I think when you're starting out, like honestly, just getting experience, um, it's hard to, to run before you can walk, you know? So, um, that would be my advice and to stay consistent, like show up every day. I feel like people, you know, that's, that can be kind of overlooked, but there's a lot of power in like incremental, you know, growth every single day you're getting up. You're, you're putting in the work, you're, you're doing the edits, you're, you're shooting things, you're making the phone calls, you're setting up meetings. And if you do that, you know, for two years, five days a week, eight hours a day, you are going to see that start turn into, you know, turning into the success that you're hoping for, I think.
0: Yeah, no, I think those are all really good points. We just did a, um, the episode before this one was talking about getting in front of people. And how you you can't, your business isn't going to go anywhere if you're not getting in front. And what, what I mean by getting in front of people is just simply whether it's networking, reaching out to planners that you want to work with. And I always talk to people about, you know, in the back of my mind, do I do I think about ROI? Of course. Like I always, if I'm going to invest a significant amount of money into something, like I am expecting to see some kind of return on my investment. That's just how I operate. Um But there's plenty of times where I've, you know, had a planner or a designer reach out to me and I'll film an event for free and make them an edit and I won't charge them anything. Like the most I ask for, for something like that is if I have to travel somewhere that they at least pay for the travel. Like they pay for my like hotel room or, you know what I mean? Just something like that. So, um, but I do that all the time. I still do that. Like, I like (laughs) that.
1: It depends on the situation, right? And where you are with, with your business, but um, for sure. And when, like I was looking, I have this uh, spreadsheet of our shoots every year and it's where I keep the details of like where the footage is located or the vendors and, you know, did we blog it? We don't even have a blog anymore, but like that sort of stuff. And then Mm -hmm. I, you know, the first year I kind of, I color coded it and I was like, you know in blue or whatever these are the shoots that we did for free and it was like 15 you know out of like 55 or or something so we were we were just working a lot but i mean there was you know a significant chunk of that that was just pure collaboration we were doing st- like editorial stuff styled shoots you know i think mm-hmm. those are a great option as well um cuz you're getting like baked in networking there and you're getting portfolio out of it. Um, we, we used to do a lot of that. I haven't done a style shoot in a long time though.
0: They're fun. Yeah, I I miss one, doing of the, one of the nicest, one of the nicest weddings I shot with my brand I did for free. They, they, they literally paid for me to stay at the hotel and that kind of stuff, but I did everything else for free. Like, and I cut them a couple of edits and that turned into multiple weddings like that. That you know, designer has referred people to us, and we we booked multiple weddings because of that. Yeah. So
1: they don't always uh, do that, but you never know. Like uh, you know, stuff surprises me all the times. Like you, you, I talk a lot about like planting seeds in a lot of places, and you know, something will pop up from like something you did four years ago, um, and you just never know what's what's gonna you know give you that ROI, and some of them never will. Yeah. But you know, some, some of them are going to hit and then, you know, you're golden. So,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about managing a creative business. Since you mentioned work-life balance, uh, like I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll use myself as an example, because I, so this is going to sound, a part of this is going to sound heartless, And then the other parts probably won't, but there are times where I look at work-life balance as a crutch, where people are using that as an excuse to just not do any real meaningful work. Now, right, wrong, or indifferent, sometimes that's what I think when I hear that. When it comes to myself, I know that I have a problem with work-life balance because I I have the type of personality to where I cannot shut things off. I just, I can't that's you're actually screened for some of the stuff in nuclear because they look for people like me because we're very like hyper focused on the tasks that we're doing, which is a good thing because when you're flipping important switches, you want to make sure that you're flipping the right one. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, when I was writing out, so for those of you that don't know, I do put work into the podcast and I do have a general outline that we follow. Like this isn't just me, you know, hopping up here and just shooting the shit with people. Uh, but I wrote the outline to your podcast on a Saturday morning. Like I was sitting upstairs with my kids, they were doing something. And then I'm sitting down with my iPad writing out a podcast. So, when it like, how, what, what are you doing to manage your work-life balance? And what, what are you doing to stop yourself from say working on a Saturday (laughs) and not weddings and clues? Yeah. Weddings excluded. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's a great question. Um, and it's, it's super important and I get what you're saying. Like you can kind of use it as an excuse. Like I need, I need a me day or I need to treat myself (laughs) or or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Um, but I think, I think I'm a big believer in boundaries. I'm a big believer in, uh, having that's a schedule, point. you know, so that keeps me kind of in line. And now I've been doing it so long that it's just kind of natural for me. Um, but everybody works differently. Like some people work better at night. And I think that's totally like then then gauge your stuff, like kind of put it, put your work in, in the, in the timeline that works for you. But, um, I think in the wedding industry, burnout is super real and people need to be aware of it. And it's easy to never, ever take a day off. You're working Saturdays, you're coming back Sunday, you're, you're dumping all the footage and getting all that stuff. And then you're right back in it Monday. Um, So there's been times where it's like, I think I've been working for the last 27 days. You know, it's easy to do and maybe not full days, but you're still like kind of engaged and, and when it's your own business, I think it's even easier to do that as well because it's your baby. Like you're passionate about it and it's hard to like, you know, you could be getting something done. I'm not doing anything else right now. Why not, you know, write that, uh, outline or, you know,
0: try to make that real or whatever it is. But, um, it's funny you mentioned that because that is my exact mentality. Like I'm not really doing anything right now. Like let me run down to the basement and you know, I'll, I'll tweak something in a film or, Let me go, you know, I, but I also check my emails at like 10 o'clock at night. Like I also do, I, yeah, I, which I know I shouldn't be doing. I actually try to turn, I I literally try to turn my cell phone off now at like 8 PM. So I, I actually, I went, I took off all social media apps except for Instagram Because I, I just, we need to post to Instagram. Like we need to post our stories. We need to, as much as I'm going to be, I hate social media. Like I can't stand it. I really can't. Uh, I, I think it's like the downfall of our civilization, but that's, that's a different podcast. But the, uh, uh, I had to put Instagram back on my phone because I, there was no, like I would like do something with my phone and be like, Oh, I should post that to an Instagram story. And then I'm like, well, shit. So then I have to airdrop it to my tablet. And then, you know what I mean? So it it just became a, a hassle. So I put Instagram back, but I took everything else off my phone. Like there's, so for those of you that are shooting, shooting us messages on Facebook and that kind of stuff, I only have Facebook messenger on my tablet and that's my work tablet. Like I don't use that, my iPad for anything else. So I tried. Yeah. I, I try to compartmentalize things, but then, you know, 10 o'clock at night, you'll see me sitting upstairs at the tablet with a movie on in the background and I'm, you know, checking my Facebook messages, <laughs> 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 cell phones off tablets on,
1: <laughs> you know, as far as like, uh, t- I think you can, uh, for, for us, we have a, a social media day. It's every Monday, um, where we're creating, Content for social, like specifically for social media reels, TikToks, what you know, whatever it is, um, and then we just have it; it's ready to go. So we're not just like in a scramble to do it, and then I don't have to think about it anymore. Um, but I, I also like, like I think it depends on your business model too. You have some control over that, and that's that's something I've pivoted to because when, when we were doing forty or so weddings a year it was a lot harder to not be working on something because there was always something that needed to be like genuinely needed to get done. But when you're shooting 15 weddings a year, it's not that I'm not working. I'm working, you know, sometimes even harder, but I'm more passionate about what I'm working on. But it's not like this overwhelming wave of like editing specifically. I feel like that's what would always get me. Like I've got to be editing. And I still stay like, I just edit all the damn time. I don't. It's hard to not do that, but it's different when you have nine weddings behind what you're currently working on, and that level of stress uh, versus like having two there and and being like, okay, I can step away from this. You know, it's it's only been three weeks since their wedding day. I don't feel that pressure to constantly be like having to do it in that moment if if I need a break I also like five o'clock I try to just you know I'm I push the desk away and I uh I, I found a secret I'll have a beer and that'll shut me down <laughs> so at five o'clock I can have a drink um you know not every day but like then I'm like okay well something about that just clicks in and I'm like oh I'm done um so
0: maybe I like where this conversation's going. You're like, you know, Phil, I'm actually an alcoholic and uh, I just like, you know, I, I just pound a six pack at about five and then realize I can't, I can't figure yeah, out Adobe anymore take, after that. Take so.
1: yourself out of the game. No, <laughs> no, I'm,
0: I'm, just, I'm, I'm not advocating for that. <laughs> and we will be right back. Are you tired of aimlessly flipping through mediocre at best music for hours? Do you find yourself wasting valuable time on projects just trying to find that perfect song? Bring in Musicbed. The first time Britt and I looked at their library, I remember saying, we could use any of these. Musicbed has a massive library of elite musicians used by brands like Nike, Samsung, Apple, and ESPN. Having a hard time finding that perfect song? Reach out to a specialist who can help do the searching for you and create a list of songs specifically for your project. Imagine the amount of stress reduction you would have with music selection being a breeze. Imagine how much time you can save during an edit by having a massive library of meticulously selected songs. What would that do for your productivity or quality of life? Musicbed is your solution. Click on our link below to see our hand-selected playlist. Use code WVFB at checkout and get your first month free when you sign up. MusicBed was simply a lifesaver for us. Tired of paying an enormous price for your website? Are you paying more than 12 or 13 bucks a month for multiple websites? Because we're not. We use Cloudways. You can pick your own server, pay as you go, no lock-ins, and get a free SSL certificate. Cloudways uses WordPress applications, which are included in the price. Did I mention that they will migrate your website over for you for free? Plans start as low as 11 bucks a month. We run all three of our websites off of a Vulture server through Cloudways, all for half of what the leading website hosts costs per year for one. Save yourself time and money with Cloudways. Click on our affiliate link below to start your free trial. You'll never look back. We didn't. Yeah, so one one thing that we learned from last year, because last year for us was just a shit show, uh, which some people, like the pandemic is hitting different, you know, because I I know some people that their pandemic- reschedules are this year. So for us, they were all last year. So I did, we did 41 weddings last year. And I think out of those like 30, 30 something, like say 35, just to be safe were ours. Um, so we had to outsource as much as I'm, I'm not a big fan about, but, um, we, we did outsource a chunk because there was no way that I could have, because I, I edit the films. So there's just no way that I would have been able to, to do that. Uh, so then this year we have 11 of our own weddings on the books and our first wedding, our first two weddings were last month. So for the beginning of the year, we just focused on the podcast, on SEO stuff. Like we just, you know, we, once I got done, editing which was about february so between february and june we kind of just did like a lot of admin things worked on networking and you know that kind of stuff and uh but going back to like my personality type i can't live with a backlog either so i like it like eats away at me for some reason when i have tasks that are due, I have to get those things done. And, um, good example. We shot the wedding on June 4th. We left to go to engage on June 5th. I delivered that film to them last week. Like it's, they, they had their film not, not even a month after the wedding. Like that's done and to them. And I'm already working on the film that we did like two weeks ago. So my, yeah, because I, I we have two weddings in July, they're sixteenth, seventeenth, and I want to have this film done by the end of next week. So when I shoot those weddings next weekend, I'm rolling right in to the edits of those two weddings.
1: I'm, yeah, so I like that. I'm I'm the same way. It makes me feel good. I, like I I need that like mental clarity. Like I can't have all the clutter yeah. going around, or I'm not. I don't. <clears throat> I don't work. I don't. Like I,
0: I work better in a, um, like a clean environment, for example, like if my desk is like a hot mess, I have to like, I have to get everything straightened up. Like I, I would just sit there and stare at it and be like, why is there just, I've got a bunch of shit on everywhere. my
1: desk right now because of the pot, like the recorders and stuff. And I'm like, ah, ah yeah. like <laughs> it's driving me a I've got a, right now. <laughs> one,
0: one, one thing, thing that, is. that we, that we use a lot because we're, you know, obviously you could see it. We're in the basement, um, is people buy like foam panels for acoustic and that kind of stuff. I'm too cheap for that shit. What I found that works really well is moving blankets. So if you just get moving blankets from like Harbor freight for a nickel, I, I, but they're everywhere in front of me right now. I got these fucking moving blankets like thrown everywhere. So it's absorbing the sound as we're talking. Uh, But, ah, so let's, what, what advice would you have for people that have been in business for say like five or six years so you you've been in business for a minute now um like what what would you talk to them about in terms of like managing their own business
1: um I think at that point you it's 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 definitely time to take like a fifty thousand foot view of everything and like you know do you have a five-year plan? Do you have a 10-year plan? Like talking about really the finances of your business, really dialing into that sort of stuff if you haven't already. But to me, like around the three to four years in business, like you should have, you, you've you kind of come across a lot of obstacles. And if you've made it this far, you've learned how to kind of general, generally manage your business and, and kind of get through it um so then it's like okay we'll start doing the work that will really take you forward um also like start if you haven't already start thinking about getting financial help like do you have a cpa are you working on like that sort of stuff because it can really like that's i mean um that's you know when i think about my business blueberry and now our business like it it all kind of changed in 2016 that was 5 years into the business is when i really like started noticing that we weren't very efficient you know um we were we were leaking money um you know we didn't really have a plan it was just the plan was just go hard and you know keep like pushing 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 but we didn't have necessarily a direction we were just kind of like going every every witch away so um every witch away is that a southern thing
0: that's (laughs) a i'm gonna put that on a teacher every witch which way you going the witch away yeah (laughs)
1: um but i think like it's it's a good idea to really like dial into the it's it, not sexy stuff, but it's the stuff that's going to uh, sustain your business and let you grow in a way that that you want it to like take control, take control of it. Um, also, like, are you happy? Are you profitable? Like, those are big questions, because I feel like it's easy to just like, well, I have a business. I'm doing the things I'm getting paid for. them. But I, do I enjoy this? And if not, what are my pain points? How do I fix that? Um, and, you know, look for, look for other people, look for mentors, like things like that is, you know, those are kind of like the next steps I feel like that, uh, that people should start thinking about at that point.
0: I mean, I, I always try to talk to people about, uh, you know, equipment is cool. I'm just as guilty of it as everybody else. Like I was looking at new, uh, computer monitors yesterday and Brittany was like, you You have a 27-inch 4K monitor in front of you right now, and you're looking at buying another 27-inch that new Apple display, the 5K retina display. She was like, you're going to spend $1,600 on a virtually identical screen to the one that you have sitting in front of you. <clears throat> and I was like, yeah, but it looks cool. Like, it looks cool. Like, I like it. So, uh But I, I really try to tell people that, you know, especially their first like five years in business, like the equipment, as long as it's recording, you're probably okay. It's really about like knowing how to use it, knowing how to shoot. Like I, I was very, we're very fortunate coming out of nuclear that I had income. Like I had disposable income and I invested a lot into education So whether it was craft 5k with David Renosa, you know what I mean? Like we, we invested into a lot of stuff, full-time filmmaker, like all, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, that was way more beneficial than me, you know, trying to spending all that money and buying a Canon C 70. Like, it's great that you got a C 70 and R five C or whatever, or a C 300, but if you don't know how to use it, it's still going to look like shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, so. yeah, that's,
1: yeah, that's the, uh, I, I don't know
0: why I went to Canon because we have all Sony stuff. So that was kind of hurt my God, insides yeah. right there after I said it.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, you would never So say Since that. we're on
0: equipment, what, what are you shooting on? Out of curiosity.
1: Oh God. Um, please tell me it's like a, a Fuji. No, it's a Sony a seven S three, but I was Canon forever until last year um and and part of it was like breaking apart the business it was like a good opportunity to kind of like upgrade the gear and like sell some stuff you know just really like take a look at that stuff and and um make some changes i'd been shooting with a c100 mark ii uh, Mm -hmm. for like six years and i loved it um that's a that's a great camera you can buy one i sold that camera for like nine hundred dollars you can go out and buy a used Canon C100 Mark II for $900 and shoot a wedding that's going to be published in Vogue. It does not matter, you know, you do not have yeah. to spend $7500 on a camera body to be a successful filmmaker and definitely not a successful wedding videographer. Like knowing how to use it will take you way further than any of of that will to your point. Um but yeah, we have uh I've, I've been really happy with the, uh, the Sony switch namely because it's like everything now, like we've just designed our stuff to be smaller and more nimble. So for travel, basically, you know, we're, we're so light now. Um, and so compact and, you know, I love that. And also like getting all the, like, I hadn't even been shooting in 4K, you know, this is the first year I've ever shot in 4K. And guess what? It's never mattered and I don't really think it does now either. I like it. Uh, it looks it looks great. Um but yeah, the the autofocus has been an incredible revelation. The dual native ISOs I love on um on the Sony A7S3. And I can I mean, yeah, we can all like nerd out on gear for sure. Yeah. Um but I don't I agree with you a hundred percent. It's more about, you know, it's, it's not the camera, it's the operator.
0: Yeah. 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 We, uh, we switched from Panasonic to Sony and, uh, we have FX threes and an a seven four. Actually I like the a seven four. I don't, a lot of people hate on that thing. I like it. Um, yeah, I mean, well, since we're talking about equipment now, the, uh, uh, As far as like internal specs, the FX3 is identical to the A7S3. It just has, it it has has a different body. body. It has no, no, no no no, built-in ND filters. No, 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 it does not. No. In fact, there were some, so you take the EVF off the A7S3 and um, change the body out. So the body is actually pretty cool. It's got a hardened chassis. So it's got like it's like its own built-in cage. So you don't you don't need like a cage, you know, around it. Uh but there's no built-in ND filters. Certain things kind of annoyed me. Like there's no um What's the parade called? Vector scope? Yeah, ve- yeah, your ve- there's no there's no vector scope, which I thought was really strange because and there's no uh, 180 degree shutter. Which isn't really a deal breaker, but when you compare like a Panasonic GH5, for example, it has all of those things. Like it, it has zebra striping, focus peaking, vector scopes. No like it has.
1: Camera.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, and it's just like why, you know? But their autofocus is just abysmal. That's actually one of our most popular videos on YouTube. Is where I was testing the autofocus between a GH5, a GH5S, and an S5. All of them sucked. <laughs> there was like it was, so it's it's been a culture shock to us. Uh, like I don't have to. I would I would go to like f five on my gimbal, right? And then I would pull focus in like the middle of the aisle. So as the bride was coming down, like she would be in focus for a solid like three seconds and then she would go out of focus. You you know what I mean? Because you you could only catch it at at a certain point. Otherwise, you're trying to like back up with them and keep them at that like same
1: distance. I remember the day setting like (laughs) you're on a glide cam and you're setting, you know, like, okay, three feet away from me. So I'll just stay within three feet of whatever I'm I'm shooting like It feels like the stone age, uh, thinking about that now because everything is so like all the cameras are good though. Like, yeah, Yeah. like God, you know, and nobody like no bride has ever asked me about my camera or my resolution or my game. The the only
0: time somebody has (laughs) asked us is, uh, if they were also like photographers or videographers, because they're just curious, like what kind of equipment are you using? This is, you know, but other than that, nobody, in fact, um, we shoot in 4K and 99% of our films are delivered in 1080p. Just get the crop. Awesome. Yeah. That that gives us like wiggle room and post. This last film that we posted on YouTube, I exported in 4K. Like that was I i exported it in 4K. Okay, cool. Like it's um but here's a completely random tip for everybody. I was fiddling around with export settings and just exported it in just H two six, five and left everything at automatic and it looked fantastic for a six and a half minute long 4k video file. It was just barely over a gig.
1: Nice. Yeah. So I
0: was, I was, that's one of reasons I was testing it. Like I was just kind of, cause H two, six, four is big. Like that would have been over five gig
1: yeah that's what and i was curious to see
0: what what h265 does because you know I, we edit in DaVinci. Yeah, we have a lot of different options so changed our but, editor um,
1: too went from premiere to da vinci with the, the oh, switching oh, and all that you know and i've loved it
0: feels yeah. like a dinosaur going yep.
1: anytime i have to open premiere to do something on an old project or whatever like i'm just like oh god this, this sucks <laughs> like i love da vinci i'm i'm a i'm a total DaVinci resolve fanboy now.
0: Yeah, yeah, we, um, we used to round trip. So I do all the editing and final cut and then round trip the clips out to DaVinci to color grade and then bring them back. And then fi- one day I was like, I just need to learn DaVinci. Like this is just, and now we're on, up um, on 18.6, the beta. And, uh, you know, there's, multi-cam edits like it's you know every, everything just works like it's not like you're missing anything you know what i mean like it's not like if you if you leave final cut and go to da Vinci, you won't be able to create a multi-cam clip no that's not true <laughs> like you just <clears throat> what's uh what's something that you wish that you would have known sooner like in in your in your wedding career um i mean I wish I would have
1: gotten into the financial side of things, like, and honestly, and we can talk about this, but like personal finance, like doing my own finances and that sort of stuff kind of bled and led into the business. Um, but it's easy to say that I don't think I was ready for Like, I just wasn't there. Like as a person, it wasn't like I, it, it wasn't predicated on how long I'd been in business or anything. It was just like, personally, for me, I wasn't, Um, ready to kind of take those next steps um, of like responsibility um, I guess is is what it goes down to. But we were like, we were, we were just blowing money, like not blowing money, but we were like, we were buying new gear all the time. We were hosting like big ass parties, which like, I Good like kind of, yeah, it, we had a lot of fun <laughs> spending our money, but we spent a lot of money. But There was we, a lot of people that had a
0: lot of fun with your money.
1: Yeah, yeah. And But I'm like, okay, do I change that? Because it was networking. It was great networking. It really helped our brand and solidified us. Um, but we weren't strategic about anything. So um, I just think like just being – more intentional about the business. And luckily enough for us, like that stuff worked, but I could start feeling the rug getting pulled out from us financially. And like, this is, we've got to, you know, something's got to give here because, um, money was just flying out the door and luckily it was coming in the door, but it was just, <laughs> it was like a, uh, speed trial or whatever I'm trying to think of. It, it was just, just cool, going cool, going cool, in one cool, door cool. and out the other. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I just, uh, I have trouble with that question because like, I wish I could have gotten to that point sooner, but I also like think it, it worked for our business, you know, as a one-off example. Um, and it worked for me personally. Like I had a lot of fun and I wasn't, I just wasn't there um, ready to kind of make that next step into maturity probably is, is the best way to, to call it, I guess.
0: Yeah. I think this is a perfect segue talking about money. When, when do you think a business should be turning a profit? Like when, when do you think they should round that corner and be profitable quote unquote or I mean, or even, Like, what would you even define as being profit?
1: Sure. Um, Well, I think that after you've, like, I think those first couple seasons are really important just to like, I'm fully on board with investing back in your business, really getting your feet under you, getting a lot of time behind the camera and in the edit suite and networking and doing those things that are gonna kind of, establish your brand um because you need you need to like uh, getting your business off the ground you're gonna have expenses you're gonna have you know you gotta buy the gear you've gotta kind of do the things to to establish your business but then like we were talking about earlier you know like three or four years in start really like seeing that bigger picture and i think that's kind of when it comes in um when it comes to profit and As far as what I consider profit, to me, that definition is what I take out of my business. Like as, you know, I write myself a check and owners draw, Um, that's my profit, but also what our business pays for. And I do track that separately. So things like occupancy costs, because we we work from home, uh, health insurance, our phones, internet, car insurance, power, meals and entertainment gas for the car, clothes, you know, all of that stuff runs through the business. And I, you know, I I was actually looking at it yesterday when I was kind of working through some of this stuff. And last year it was $10,416 that we paid out of the business for stuff that I would have paid for, you know, personally, had we not kind of, uh, you know, uh, angled our business in the way that we have. So I, I consider all that profit as well. I've, I okay. factor that yeah, into I mean, the we,
0: total. I followed uh, David Renosa's lead and he, I'd set up, I have multiple checking accounts. Well, actually I, I take that back. I have like one business checking account, and then I have three separate business savings accounts. And at the end of each month, I've everything kind of broken up in percentages. And for us, we take whatever our gross was for that month. I take 5% of that and dump it into a literally a profit savings account. And then when it comes to owner's pay, uh, I take that piece out and drop it into an owner's pay account and then taxes is the other one. So, um, we do five per, yeah, yeah. We do we do five percent for profit and fifteen percent for taxes and fifteen percent for owner's pay. So that owner's pay is coming in in addition to the company doing what you said, paying the car payment, paying the electricity. Well, so we have solar, yeah. Yeah, so you know, being back to me making nuclear about We have we have solar panels on the house. So we we're actually we, we don't have a bill, which is nice. Uh but that's also why we got the Tesla. Like we we went full on hippie like we were like nope we're not doing this anymore so we got solar panels got a tesla and then now now i'm stuck paying 7 dollars a gallon for my forester so <laughs> should have kept the tesla but uh uh yeah so i mean we we broke it apart and one of the things that that he really talks about and i i 100% believe him in a, and i'm on board with it is when that money is separated like it is like I'll look at like our operating expense account and be like, Oh my God, I only got $4,000 sitting in there. Like I can't, can't do anything this month. Like I got it, blah, blah, blah. And that's because the money is somewhere else. So I'm not looking at, you know, I'm making these numbers up right now, but I'm not looking at like 10 grand in my taxes account and then being like, oh, I could buy another FX3. <laughs> I got this money sitting over here. I could just shell this out. Like it it, it does create this like psychological thing um, to where it, it helps you kind of rein in what you're doing. Because rather than looking at an account, again, I'm making all these numbers up, but rather than looking at an account with like 30 grand sitting in it, The council got $4,000 and all that other money is split up between owners pay taxes and profit. And then you're not like mentally like, oh, I got 30 grand. I can just blow through. I could throw a big party because that sounds fantastic. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Yeah. I mean, that was exactly
1: our experience. We would, we didn't have a system, um, right? So like money would come in, the account would get big and it it was sloppy. It, It sloshes around like that. It's easy to make. Um, you know, to buy that monitor when there's $30,000 sitting in your account. Like it doesn't, it doesn't uh, affect you the same way it does when there's 3000 or $4,000 sitting there. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, there's a couple little points that I'd love to dive into on, on go. these things. Um, and I'll just like kind of our system and, and what I found to, to that works really well for us. And basically um I've tracked all my spending um, kind of compulsively for the last five years, um, both personal and in business. So I can tell, and I've got all the data and all that stuff. So like I can tell you, you know, how much we spend every year on this, that, and the other. Um, And I've broken that down to a monthly um, kind of outlook. So I know generally speaking, what it costs our business to operate per month and anything over that. I take it out of the business. So, you know, we set this kind of benchmark, like let's keep this in the account, anything else. And we do it every month. I just pay myself once a month at the end of the month. I, you know, say, and it's around $4,000. I'll keep like $4,000 in the business. So if there's $15,000 in the business, I'll take 11,000 as an owner's draw. Um, And then from there, you know, for personally, that money always has a place to go. Like, um, You know, we we top off our emergency fund, whatever else is over that 50 percent goes to investments, 25 percent goes to paying down the mortgage, 20 percent goes to home improvements and five percent goes to vacation. So there's got to be like a fun component in there. So you're not just like, you know, it's got to be there um, to kind of be that reward. But um, kind of in doing that, just like you said, when there's four thousand dollars in the account we stay super efficient because um you know you just you're just not going to be loose like that and it's a way to like make sure you you're paying yourself first and there's a great book called Profit First um that that does a similar thing um i forget who you mentioned with the like different savings accounts but it's a very yeah. similar um concept and i think like if, if there are people out there that are struggling with how to take a profit from your business, I think working in baby steps and using those percentages, like, okay, even if it's 1%, you know, so 1% of every invoice you take in goes into this other account, you know, just to get you into that habit. And so much of it is, it's just habits and creating systems. And it's all in our heads. Like you, you said, like, it's such a mental game that you're playing with yourself, but um, That's kind of our system. I think simplicity is key too. Like I hear people talk about like all these like things that are kind of uh, just all over the place. But I think keeping your money as simple as possible is the best solution and having a very specific system for it and staying kind of committed to that system works really well for us. And it's like it was like a light switch going off. Um, This has been now five or so years ago. Um, and just like tracking my net worth and doing all that stuff, like it was like to the moon just and the difference was really like our account, our business account would slosh around and it didn't really have a a point or purpose. It was just kind of there and we would take money out when we felt good that day. You know, <laughs> it's just like it wasn't uh, it wasn't very regimented. And then just switching over to like track. I think tracking your expenses is so key like just knowing what you spend and kind of having that data is really powerful, but yeah, just committing to a system that's more efficient and um that, that you can stick to every month, you know, set your clock to it. Um, it just has paid, <laughs> no pun intended, but dividends like over the course of yep. those years, it's, it's been a major, major change. Um, I did write a couple of resources down here that I really love. Uh, a lot of them are like personal finance, but I don't know if you've ever heard of the FIRE movement. It stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. We kind of concentrate on the FI part of that. Um, and there's just this big community that's, that's built around it. And there's so many different voices in it. And I think, like I started reading books about like investing, but written by like, you know, 75 year old white guy, like, you know, talking about stocks and bonds. And I I was getting through those books and kind of understanding it, but it wasn't until I started finding voices in that community that resonated with me that felt like, Oh, like I know that person or that's me, um, that it really started to stick. So, um, Mr. Money Mustache, uh, it's a funny name. Great, great blog. Um, he's written extensively about the stuff. Um, afford anything podcasts uh the mad Scientist is great he's more like math based uh stacking benjamin's podcast and then a few books uh the simple path to wealth your money or your life and early retirement extreme or all as well as uh the e myth revisited that's more of a business book but like all of those are like and if if you read There's a study like if you read five books on any subject, you'll know like 95 percent more than (laughs) most people. So like if you just invest three months like we were talking about, you know, education into filmmaking, if you invest three months learning about this stuff and implementing those systems like that's been more effective for our business and for our life than anything I've ever done as a videographer or, you know, in the wedding
0: industry that's made a bigger difference. Do do me a really big favor. <clears throat> when we're done, send me those in an email and I'll add those to the show notes. Cause I know my listeners are very diligent and they were taking notes while you were talking, but for that one person that wasn't, if we could, if, if, and then I'll, I'll put all that into the show notes for the, uh, in the description so people can, they can just easily reference it and that kind of stuff. Cause that's all good advice. And I, I, those are, I've actually been looking for some new podcasts to start listening to. So, yeah, the, those
1: are definitely my, my favorites. Um, and it's like the, the people are, it's not like stodgy old, you know, curmudgeony money topics. Like it's, it's, you know, I think, I think there's power at fine. Like, so if you, if you listen to five of those podcasts, likely one of them are going to resonate with you you know, it's going to resonate with you more than the other ones, but they're all, it's all kind of the same information, but I'm a real big believer in finding a voice that, um, that, that connects with you and that makes it easier to kind of wrap your mind around those concepts. Um, but m- my favorite is Mr. Money mustache. He's like this dude, he's uh he was Canadian and he moved down to, uh, he lives in Colorado and he, he writes it like, I didn't even realize I was frugal, until I moved to America. <laughs> and then I was like, just the things that we did as Canadians were like novel here. Um, but his, his thing is like uh, badassery. And he's like, you need to sell your car and ride a bike and all this stuff. And like, it's just like kind of to the nth degree, but it really, and he's funny. Um, so it really helped me like kind of like challenge my ways of thinking, materialism, which is interesting. Um, as well, like working in the wedding industry, I feel like, you know, we go to engage and I live my yeah. life pretty like low key. You know, I I, I kind of subscribe to a lot of these things, but, you know, I, I listen to your podcast and you and Brittany talking about like the expenses to go to engage and the, the clothes and the extravagance of everything. And that's like, I feel like I have to be kind of a chameleon sometimes in the wedding industry because it's built around, you know, the jobs that I want to get, you know, they're, the people having these yeah, weddings don't really value yeah. the same things that I do personally. Um, and that's okay. Uh, but it's, it's, it is kind of, I struggle with that sometimes um, because that's not really who I am, but it's, I look at it, you know, the suits or whatever I had to buy and gauge is like just tools I need for my business.
0: You know, I've, I've, I've already worn and so has Brittany. Cause we, we've had a bunch of other events that we've needed to go to this month that are all wedding related stuff. And, uh, I've, we've already reworn those outfits. I can lie. Like I was joking about it. Like we showed up to one and there were other people there that were at engaged with us and we're all wearing the same clothes from engaged. And we were just laughing. We were like, we're, I'm not just buying a nice suit and then never touching it. <laughs> and I'm sure you guys were the,
1: the best dressed people at the, at the event.
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny. Somebody made a comment to us about that. They were like, you You two are like the, the two best vendors that are here right now. But I would much rather have that reputation than the opposite under that spectrum. Oh, I sure. can tell you that much. You know, you know I, I come in wearing and nothing against people who like Birkenstocks. I just wouldn't wear that to a You know what I mean? Like I got, you got like socks pulled up to your knee, and you got your Birkenstocks on your cargo pants. She's like, I just came to it. Yeah. Like, no, I'm, I'm good. good. Your work <laughs> very,
1: better be very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, No shit.
0: I, I want to ask you a completely unrelated question to everything that we've been talking about. So it's going to throw the entire vibe of everything that we've just said off. Um, one, when I was on your website, uh, I used to live in San Clemente. So I recognized old man's, that's the beach that's down in that drone shot that you had, the beach that's in front of that. That's, I, I looked at that and I was like, that's old man's. Cause I, I, used to, I used to live in San Clemente. Um, one, that's a beautiful wedding and something that has been burning inside me. Cause I've been staring at it this whole time. The thumbnail on your website for it, actually all of your thumbnails for the most part. Um, are, are you, you getting those from the photographer? photographer? Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that was, man. So cause, cause the, the, the,
0: the one, one in, in San Clemente that, that image is pristine like that, that is, that is, and I was staring at that and was like, I don't care. Like if you told me that you took that as a screen grab, like I would go out and buy whatever camera that was right now. Like that was no, absolutely
1: not. Um, And that's kind of an interesting point because, you know, for the longest time we were photo and video and I had a really hard time networking with other photographers to try and get referrals for video weddings. And we leaned more video than we did photo, but it was always this component of like, you know, I don't want to refer you. Maybe you'll steal the wedding, which I would never, ever, like if somebody's contracting with somebody, if somebody's even talking with them like it, I'm,
0: sadly I'm, enough that kind of I shit know. actually happens
1: um i get why you know there would be that that feeling there but now i feel like and that was why like instead of naming our business you know like what, blueberry fusion or whatever it is um i wanted to use our name and have films right in the title so it's that was important to me because of this ex, this experience my whole career of like kind of like not being able to, to get in good with the photographers for this reason. Um, So we wanted to be films in the title. There's no question about it. We do this. We don't do photography at all. And then when we were building the brand and the website and stuff, we're like, we work with some amazing photographers. Like I could go down the list on our website. There's Corbin Gherkin, Eric Kelly, Jose Villa. You know, these people are like at the very top of the game. It's like, and they like us. We're friends with them. Like, let's see if they'll let us use their photos on our website because we're not competition at all to them, but it's going to make our yep. website like pop. And uh, that's one of my favorite things about the site is that it does like have that um, it's, that extra element because they're they're great photographs and, and they they just add a different um, level to, to everything.
0: Yeah, yeah the, the color. colors in this San Clemente shot, is fan- <laughs> that's, that's just fantastic. That's Kristen like that, that Kilpatrick. i shower. shout
1: her yeah, out to. That,
0: that, is, that, a is, very a, very that is a fantastic guy. image. Have you noticed the entire time we've been talking, my lights are flickering? So it's, it's, it, I'm waiting for some reason. I'm just waiting for the power to go out at my house because I'm going to be honest with you. We have the grid stability out here of Yemen. I had better power when I was in Aden, Yemen than when I do out here. Like it's, it's wild. Like it's completely wild. Every like five minutes I've been watching the lights like flicker everywhere down here. Um, but what, what's one question that you wish that I would have asked you while we were doing this?
1: Um, I kind of wrote like, uh, just that stuff that, that that I kind of like just word vomited out of my mouth about finance. There's so much to it. And like, it's hard to, to get it all out. It's, it's, it's bigger than one conversation or one podcast. Like you could talk about any one of these subsets of, of things, but I really do think that, um, just, Personal finance and and bringing those principles into your business is such a game changer. And it gives you it can it can change your business in a way that um, that I never would have thought, because now, like when you when you become profitable and you you do these things and you have this money set aside, you have emergency funds, you have investments, you're kind of stable like that then you can, your business has room to grow and thrive in ways you never thought, like you can say no, you're, you're playing from a position of power because your back's not up against the wall having to take that job or doing, you know, whatever it is that you feel like you're compelled to do because, because of money. Um, and money touches everything that we do in life. So like, why not study it? But it's been such a game changer. And I feel like you talk about the work life balance and the stress of that. Like, it's like a, a magic, that is the magic wand that I found that, that is, that I've been looking for the whole, my whole career. Like, how do I, you know, where am I going with this? What am I trying to do? What's the point of it? Um, that's, that's been the game changer for me, um, And I really want to talk to more people about it. Like, I wanted to talk about it. I talked about it at the last Engage I went to, and then I quickly found Mm -hmm. out that the people attending Engage were not necessarily the target market for frugality. Um, And not that it's all about being (laughs) frugal, but um, you know what I mean. Like, it's, it's, it's falling on deaf ears there. But I think, you know, just talking about business, talking about money in general, our society is so important and it can change your life like nothing else I found can. So uh, I think it's super healthy to do it. And it just gives you kind of the space to, to run your business the way that you want to run your business. Like what would you do if money wasn't an object? What choices would you make if that didn't play a part into your thinking? And that's super powerful. And I want to to just keep having those conversations with people, especially creative business owners, because a lot of us, you know, we're, you know, it's the left brain, right brain thing. If, if you subscribe to that, I don't even know if that's a real, maybe it is. I don't know. But it's like, you know, creative people are, you know, kind of notoriously creative, but kind of notoriously also like not the best business owners, you know, like a painter that can paint beautiful, you know, murals, but can't, you know, is also working two other jobs because they can't figure out how to make that work in their business. And like just the whole conversation I think is so important. And and I really just appreciate you having me on here too, to, to talk about it and giving it a little bit of a platform, but I don't know if that's answers the question, but I I just wanted to, to belabor that point
0: a little more. (laughs) No. No, that was fine. That was perfect. There's no, no right or wrong answer. Um, but Adam, thank you so much for being on today. I am very glad that we had a chance to connect. I'm glad that we had a chance for you to come on and for us to chat. Uh, you have to check out Adam's work at AdamGilbertFilms.com. Uh, his Instagram is at Adam Gilbert Films, and then they have a YouTube channel which I'll link to it because. Um, it's it's a standard channel thing so, so i would hit that he,
1: tiktok honestly like i'm i'm like super into tiktok lately and we've gotten like way yeah more, what what's your
0: tiktok uh, i didn't I didn't, I didn't see at, it adam, 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 see adam,
1: adam it. gilbert films um super easy but uh how's how's, how's your tiktok
0: going oh cuz i had matt garza on and he's got over 100,000 followers on tiktok like <laughs> he's just killing it's it kind it. of like he's fired it up it.
1: after engage honestly and <laughs> we've got like almost 4,000 followers now but we've had several videos, like one has 2.3 million views and it's just a a mother of the bride speech. So like the content we're putting out there is so different than the content that's working there is very different from what we're posting on Instagram or, you know, on YouTube or whatever. And it's been really, really interesting. Um, And we got our first lead from TikTok. We didn't book it, but you know, they're, they're out there and you know, maybe these plays are inflated or something. I don't know. We're still working with it, but I've gotten more engagement in one month on TikTok than I have in the last six years on Instagram. That's crazy. So
0: i I had Garzon, and he talked about TikTok, and they have gotten like he's booked you know like ten k plus weddings off of TikTok. Like he is having. A lot of success off there. So I I tried to jumpstart ours, you know. We got we got like 130 followers on TikTok because we're we're fucking killing it over there. But uh well, no, what you're what you're talking about is hundred percent what we notice. Like I have a best man speech that's got like fifty thousand views. I have um there's a, a grandfather who's playing the piano and singing to the bride. That's got like 50,000 views. You know what I mean? Like, and, you know, I posted a video a week ago of, um, one of our brides was a, a champion Irish, uh, dancer. I can't think of what they call uh, step dancing. She was an Irish step dancer. And, uh, that video has got like 15,000 views right now. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I feel like it's, it's built for video. It's a video specific platform. I don't know why, like I was kind of. Has I guess because you saw the dancing and stuff, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. But like we have all this content that's tailor made for this and people are watching it with the sound on, you know, it's like that's the stuff that that gets, at least in my experience, the, the stuff that's done really well. It's like finally that platform. And it's just like you don't have to like our like highlight reels that we put on there like they don't do anything nothing,
0: nothing. Yeah, yeah. yeah no maybe 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 500 views and those maybe. are
1: way harder to make than like okay here's a clip from a yeah, toast yeah. Here's, here's, here's here's a
0: two angle multicam clip from a toast that took me 30 seconds to go through
1: yeah so like Just click 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 and export definitely like fire up that TikTok yeah. and like schedule it you know take your day and like make 50 of them you can make them like dad i feel like a crazy person i'm like there's another one there's another one there's another one uh but it's easy and the stuff looks great you know i'm formatting it vertically and i do i've come around to that too I've, it's a lot of changes going on <laughs> in our world these days like
0: yeah I, you know lot. i listen to people bitch and moan about like oh it's destroying my art if it's not in 16 by 9 and like dude nobody cares like <laughs> But that's because I'm not an artist. Like, I look at it and I'm like, nobody gives a shit if you're in 1920 by 1080 instead of 1080 by 1920. Like, nobody, when you shoot in 4K, like on an FX3, and you punch it into that, you don't really notice the difference. Like, there's, yeah, it looks just, just fine.
1: fine. I've started shooting vertically a bit too. And that's, that's an interesting thing. Like, if you want to, like, flip that conversation for yourself find ways to shoot vertically because it's like a whole new,
0: I I, I have a vertical plate for my gimbal and the the tripod tripod, because when we do corporate work and they're looking for like their, uh, they're making social media content. I just film it vertical. Like that's, you know, the framing is different. Like it's different composition. Yeah. It's, 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 it, you gotta get out of your comfort zone, but when you put it in the editing floor it looks fantastic because it's already shot the right way and you so, export
1: that on the phone it's like
0: bang like that's it's yeah, yeah. got
1: pop and zip And i, I i'm kind of coming over to the dark side i guess but i'm i'm into it and the, you know we have a platform that's that's completely catered to it so we should take advantage of it
0: yeah, yeah. well adam thank you so much Uh, For everybody that's listening, make sure that you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I would say make sure you follow the podcast, but you're already listening to it. Uh, Don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Wedding Videography for Beginners. We hope everyone is staying safe and healthy, and we will see everyone next week. All right, out. Are you backing up your footage? Is it seamless, running in the background, and easily available? Bring in Backblaze, the world's easiest cloud backup. Our workflow is so simple. We offload our footage onto our external drives. Then that evening, the files automatically start backing up into the cloud. There's nothing else for us to do. Imagine having the peace of mind that your footage is stored off-site in a safe location where you can easily retrieve it from your browser and that it is crazy affordable. That's Backblaze. Click on our affiliate link below and get one month free.